Welcome to the live preaching message from Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and to preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence and we welcome you in this place as we submit ourselves to your leadership, to your guidance. I offer my vessel as a tool to speak to your people. Speak to us, for we need to hear from you, Lord. We can't do without you, and we don't know what to do if we have not a word from you. This morning, therefore, our hearts are expectant. Our spirits are yearning for a word from you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, last week I started talking to you. I'm sure some of you are confused in terms of, is it loyalty house or is it lighthouse? All of it belongs, is our, is our first name and our middle name. So depending on who knows you, they will call you according to how they know you. Isn't it? The name a person calls you would tell how long they have known you and where they have known you. Are you with me? Yeah. But most of you who just knew me recently will call me Bishop Clufio. But some people who have known me will call me Pastor Clufio. For, I mean, in their beginning days. And those who have known me as a child will call me by my middle name, not my first name or my last name. Amen. So there's no confusion. It's our name. We are just using anyone. Okay? But I mean, it's just a rearrangement of the denominations that the church was divided into. I mean, at the stage or currently, our church is quite large. And you can't hand it over to one person. Do you get it? In terms of the many branches, because there's no one person with the authority that Bishop has amongst any of us. And he has to prepare to hand over because we all don't live forever. Are you with me? So he has divided the church into portions and given each portion a name and chosen people to lead each portion. That's all. So that it will be effectively led and managed. And hence the different names of the portions. But then... Because it's in the trial stage, you realize that maybe the way you have divided it, all the water resources is to this portion. And the other people on that portion don't have the water resources. So the water is becoming a problem for them. So you redivide it so that everybody gets everything they need, a piece of everything. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. So we have redone because we realize that in doing it the first way it was done, uh, some churches or some denominations had stronger churches. They get stronger churches as in terms of ability to finance and to do projects. So what was going to happen is that, well, now that you are in one denomination, you must see yourself. We are also seeing ourselves. So the richer ones or the more stronger financially ones will be building mansions and palaces. Do you get it? Because one of the problems of money is when you have a lot and you don't have good enough projects to do, you begin to do stupid things. That, that's the thing about money. If you have a lot and you don't have enough projects, useful projects to do, that is when you begin to change and rechange. But when you have a lot of money and also you have a lot of projects, you are always broke. So those of you that are praying to have a lot of money, pray that God will also give you a lot of visions so that the money is not always enough. Then you, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be found to act foolishly. Are you with me? Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the keys of, of successfully being rich without being a fool. 
Did you get it? Uh-huh. Have a lot of things to do. Then when the money comes, they are already doing things. So that idea, maybe let me change my shoes and now wear shoes that when you step on the ground, you can tell it whether to go up or to go down. You see, that's when... Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Anyway, so that's, that's, the, that's the idea. So we, have, we are back to Lighthouse Chapel International. I don't know where next, but it's all our loyalty house, Lighthouse. It's all the same church. Amen. Good. Don't be offended. At, at least I haven't changed, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm here. You, by the grace of God, you'll see me. Okay. Good. Now, uh, that was just by the way. I was, I was sharing with you last week about the challenges that would come your way, which your faith will be able to overcome. And then I also indicated to you the source of faith and how you can increase or acquire faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, please, my thing is about to echo. Romans 10, 17, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Open to it. Romans 10. Is it a new style or the thing is malfunctioning? Is it a new style? Now, it looks like a design. Uh, okay, on my screen. My, my screen looks like a, the things in the stadium. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I'm seeing different things from what they are seeing. Okay. So then, no, no, leave it. Don't bother, don't bother, don't worry, don't worry. It's fine. I thought I'm seeing what they are seeing. That's why I'm asking. It says, so then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Is there another translation? So faith comes from hearing. Faith. The, the one that overcomes, that will make you overcome the mountains that wants to stop you from your dreams. Not your dreams, the dreams God has given to you. The, 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 what will overcome the obstacles, the different obstacles that the enemy will present your way. Your faith, your faith is what is going to make you overcome it. And the Bible is telling us that this faith comes by hearing. And that is hearing the good news about Christ. Are you with me? It's not hearing the good news or the, the news about your situation. It's not hearing the bad news about your situation. It is hearing the good news about Christ. That makes you have the strength to persist and to act believing God. Hallelujah. So if there's any important thing you need to hear, that it is the good news about Christ. I said it is the good news about Christ. That is what you need to hear. And you see, that's why the book, How You Can Preach Salvation, please, can I have a copy? How You Can Preach Salvation, is for me, among the many books Bishop has written, it is one of the very important books because in, in learning how to preach about salvation, you get to hear the extent of work that Christ has accomplished for salvation. And you get to even see the, the goodness of God that is unleashed in the work of Christ coming to die on the cross. You see, sometimes things happen and you just hear that oh, this has happened. But when you take time to go through how it began, you realize that a lot of work has been done. A lot of, it's like there were a lot of things that had to be overcome for you to see what you are seeing. But most people don't know. Most people don't know. They just see the thing and they thought, oh, it just came up. So when they also want something good and they, they, they struggle a little bit. They feel that, please my sound, they feel that things are not in their favor. But you'll be surprised to know that many things, many things, so much is done for you to see what you see. 
And it is only when you know the story behind what you see that you can be grateful for it. Most of us are not grateful for things that happen in our lives because we never get to hear the story behind. The sacrifices, the pain, the, the difficult choices that has to be made. I mean, some of you, you have grown up a correct person in mind. But you don't know the sacrifices that your father or your mother had to make. Just for you to grow up in a home where there's a father and a mother. You know, just, just the presence of a father, the presence of a mother. It makes a big difference in the child's development. The, and, and, and even the presence of a mother, the presence of a father, who are not fighting of the children. I mean, they are fighting, but they keep their voices low. Or they actually drive out to go and fight. Oh yeah, some parents do that. So it makes you grow well, but you don't know what they had to endure for you to have that home. So you grow up and then it doesn't take long and you disrespect them. You don't mind them. When they call you for help, then you drop their phone and, or you, you, you put your phone on silent and you see them, ah, he's calling me, he wants money. He doesn't call me. The only time he calls me is when he needs money. But what you don't know is that if he had acted for himself alone, he would have been rich and you would have gone mad because he would have left the home very early when he had a chance to leave. But for your sake, he stayed. And during all the difficulties with your mother or with your father, depending on who you are talking about. Yeah, everybody has a difficulty. Amen. Good. So sometimes you don't know the story behind things. So the Bible is there that so faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news. Hallelujah. At least this one was doing something. Don't come and give me a sick microphone. So it says, faith comes from hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Christ. Are you with me? Now, if you are a Christian, your task is to have faith. And the way to have it is to hear and hear and hear and hear continually about the good news. The good news about Christ Jesus. What Christ Jesus is to your life. What Christ Jesus has stopped from entering your life. The demons that has been made non-functional because of Christ Jesus. You see, when you hear all this good news, there's no way you can be depressed. There's no way you can say that life is not good. When you even know the difficulties that Christ had to go through, when, when the Holy Spirit reveals to you what it meant for Christ to put aside his majesty and put on the form of you and me and to be handled and mishandled by the, at the hands of those he has created and to be rejected by those he came to save, then you will not be easily depressed when a boy says, I don't like you. Do you get it? Or when a girl says, I don't like you. But some of you are easily depressed because a boy says, I don't like you. Meanwhile, Jesus says, I like you so much and I will do anything and I have done everything just to have you in heaven with him. And maybe even this boy who says he doesn't like you, in fact, you should have liked him from the beginning. <laughs> Hallelujah. So then faith cometh from hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. That is why this book, How You Can Preach Salvation, you see, it shows you or it teaches you how to testify to somebody about Jesus Christ. But you see, in the heat of going to testify, the information you get also gets you to understand how much God loves you. Are you getting my point? 
Yeah. That is the blessing of this book. And I really want you to give it your attention and to spend time to read it. You know, sometimes most of us feel that it is our efforts that will make us prosper. Don't wait to grow old to discover that it is not by might nor by your power, but it is by the Spirit of God. You see, prosperity in every dimension of life is determined by God. True prosperity in every dimension of life is determined. You see, that your children don't take to drugs is the mercy of God. That your children don't take to pornography is that because you see, if it is not for the mercy of God, the things you have done qualifies your children to go wayward. Just because of the seeds you have sown, the harvest of your children will be waywardness and no amount of money could change their lives. But you see, it is the mercy of God that says that the children will not pay for the sins of the father, even though the children belong to the father. Are you with me? So, so, you must not be too busy to focus on what you need in life. You must not be too busy to focus on what... And this is what the world is using to overcome you. You see, God told the disciples, in I think John 16, that be of good cheer. I have overcome. In this world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome. The reason is that, you see, Jesus was aware the challenges that they were going to face as they continued to live their life here on earth in the world. And you see, it is no different for you. Even though you may not be an apostle or you may not be any of those things, you see, the cost of your redemption is the same as the cost of redemption for the apostles, the blood of Jesus. And God has a plan and purpose for your salvation. In other words, he saved you for a purpose. He saved you with a clear goal for your life here on earth in mind. Because, you see, you may think that, oh, I am born again because I just decided to be born again. But it is God at work in your life. That makes you choose him when you hear the message. Because the message was not heard only by you. But how come you responded and others didn't? It is the mercy of God. And it is the determined mercy of God. It's something that God has ordained. The Bible tells us about Jacob and Esau. Before the children were, were born, God said, Esau, have I hated? Jacob, have I loved? Do you get it? So even though Jacob was a cheat, was a supplanter, was some crooked guy, God, having loved him, found a way of reorganizing and rearranging his life to be a good guy. Hallelujah. Even though he was born as a bad person, because his name Jacob is a supplanter, somebody who cheats. And you saw it in his activities. By nature, he wants to sort things out by himself. When your, your brother is hungry and needs some food to eat, then you say, give me your birthright. I mean, what, what makes you a brother? Why should you? You have been eyeing the guy's birthright. You have been eyeing it and wishing you it was yours. So when the opportunity presented itself, when he was on his low moments, then you took advantage of him. But this is what God said I love. And somehow, God blessed him. I said, somehow, God blessed him. Why? When you go to heaven, we'll ask God, please don't ask me. But if you're asking why, you should also be asking why about you. Because there were better people than you, but you were chosen to be born again. So if you're asking why about Jacob and hating Esau, then you should also ask, why did you choose me and not my brother? Hallelujah. So don't ask too many whys. Just leave God to be God. Amen. Good. So, you see, marching on, you realize that Satan 
wants to stop this thing of whatever plan God has for your life. And he does it and he's doing it by different means. By different means. As in terms of bringing so many obstacles in your way. It's one incident after the other. If it's not a mountain, I said if it's not a mountain, it's a river. That is intending to prevent you from going to the other side. So you can see your dreams on the other side, but standing between where you are and your dreams is a big river that you can cross. That was the story of the Israelites. And behind you is the Egypt that you don't want to go. And the, you see, the idea of the river is to force you back to your old state. Some of you have tried to be good Christians. But since you try to be good Christians, things, so many things have gone wrong that you're asking yourself, was life not better when I was an unbeliever? I mean, how many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like today is that, tomorrow is that. Tomorrow, is Satan trying to take you back? I said, is Satan trying to take you back with obstacles, with difficulties? But you see, your faith is what will make you see your promised land. If you will believe in God. I said, if you will believe in God, you will see your promised land. It's very crucial. If you will believe in God, you will see your promised land. And therefore, it is very important for you to spend time. You see, it may look stupid. It may look foolish. Considering the many things that you could be doing with your time, to say that I am reading the Bible, I am listening to preaching, and I want to grow in my faith. But you see, if you don't do it, Satan will drown you with the river of life. Satan will drown you by just giving you a person, just one person in your life. It's enough to send you to the mental hospital. Oh, yes. You see, when I was doing, well, in training, one of the courses we did, or one of the subjects we did, was to do psychiatry. Psychiatry has to do with people whose mind, from small to major, have problems. You know, a car can have a problem, it's small things, and then some problems can also be like engine is sport. It's the same thing with psychiatry. Not everybody, everybody in a psychiatry hospital is not mad. Are you with me? Yeah, it's not mad. People are there for different reasons. Sometimes some people are there because of anxiety. You know, they hear you, they understand you, they speak well but they find themselves constantly being anxious. And the anxiety goes on so much that they become depressed. It's like, why can I not live a normal life? So they become depressed and so many other things. There are different, different problems. But then there's also the big problem where all the screws are loose. I mean, no part is communicating with the other. Every part is functioning on its own. That is the real madness. Are you with me? And you find a lot of people there because of an incident with another human being that triggered off. Some of them, they have a family history of such a problem, but they were going to be okay until they met the trigger. And a lot of women, I don't know about South Africa, but in Ghana where I train as a doctor, you have a lot of women in the mental hospital or psychiatric hospital, and the reason why they are there has to do with the man. Yeah, it has to do with the man. I don't know here. You are there. Pardon? It's not common. Okay, so what are the group of people that are in the mental hospital? Pardon? Drug abuse. Drug abuse. Oh, okay, that's good. At least it's not a man. <laughs> but I think in Ghana it's very common. 
a lot of women go to the mental hospital because of a man. Not because of a virus. Because of another human being that they loved. Hallelujah. And you see, what happens is that all these things are the rivers of life that is intending to stop you and drown you from seeing the dream or the vision that God has prepared for your life. You know, you know what God does? He calls you, has a plan for you, and puts a dream in your heart. So the dreams that you have, they don't come from you as it looks like. They come from outside you. What you want to be. It, 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 it's, it's wonderful. But Satan knows it and therefore would want to fight you in every way. That is why, listen, in everything you do, develop your own faith. It is not difficult. You see, God is wonderful. He's kind. And his ways are not difficult. The problem is that Satan makes us not believe that this simple way would bring us the victory. The simple things. I mean, you will want to, me to hear you, or you want me, you want me, you like me to preach about seven steps to dealing with a business partner and all those things. But I'm telling you that, you see, all those things, basically what will cause your life to be successful is your faith. Your faith in God and your faith in Christ. That's all. And you must work on it. I said you must work on it. And you see, you work on it by keeping your life focused on what God has asked you to do. You see, God would, has given us a task. If we were to focus on his task for our lives here on earth, if we were to focus on it, we will see victory unto victory in every area of our lives. You see, by focusing on what God called me to do, I am seeing that other areas of my life are just falling in place without much effort from me. But you see, it, often it doesn't look like, how can you tell me that if I focus on this, it will cause that which is behind me to work? Show me the cable connection. And you see, that is where your faith comes in. And your faith says that if God said it, let's do it. You see, your faith says, I don't know the maths and I don't know the physics behind it. And I don't know the economics behind it. But because God said it, let's do it. And the truth is, if God said it, it will come to pass. Now, what is it that God has given to us to do? I said, what is it that God has given to us to do? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It is very sad that the world is overcoming us because of our lack of faith. Even though we go to church Sunday after Sunday. I mean, some of you, you were born in church. I mean, when I say you were born in church, you've been going to church for, for a long time. But your faith is not working. But in the name of Jesus, your faith shall work. Amen. It shall work. You shall be a man of faith. Amen. You shall be a woman of faith. And, and people will ask you, how? And you say, I don't know. Me, I just believe God. I don't know how, but I just believe God. Verse 17. Is it therefore... If any man be in Christ, that man is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are become new. Verse 18. And all things are of God who 
hath reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. To wit, you know what? Let's read English. Let's start from verse 17 with English. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Now, now, can you believe this? I'm asking you, can you believe this? Or rather, do you believe this? The Bible is saying that if you belong to Jesus, you are a new person. Yeah. You see, you need to believe it for all the works of Satan in your life in the past not to affect you. Because some of you, some of you, you just can't, can't move forward when you look at your past. It's like you feel in your heart, the Holy Spirit tells your heart to move forward and to do what God wants you to do. But you say, no, no. You see, the people who do God wants them to do or the things that God you're asking me to do, the people who do it, they are clean. And God is saying to you, in his eyes, you are clean. Would you believe it? I said, would you believe it? I've had people that you relate with and you tell them that I'm happy with you just as you are. And they say, no, you can't be happy with me just as I am. I have too many faults. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the person is rejecting what you are telling them. I'm happy with you just as you are. And they say, no. I mean, I can't see any reason. It, 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 you see, when somebody says, I'm happy with you as you are, there doesn't... or the, I don't know whether it's a good English. There doesn't have to be a good reason. But most, most people can't, can't believe it. It's almost like you must find a reason to explain to me why you like me. There must be a reason. And I'm saying there's no reason. I just like you. I like you as you are. Yes, I can see the fault, but I say I like you. You see, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Can you accept this? Where is your faith? I said, where is your faith? Do you believe it? I said, do you believe it? I'm asking you a question. Where is the evidence that you believe that you are a new person? Where is the evidence that you believe that you are a new person? When you are always talking about your past and when you can't seem to move on, no amount of counseling has been able to help you to move on. But I, I'm here to tell you that believe it. God says you are a new person believe it. Satan will tell you you are not a new person, but tell him that listen, it's not about me, it's about what God says that stands. If God says you are a new person, a new person you are. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this gift is from God. It's from the God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given this task. And God has given us. And God has given us. And God has given us. Not God has given me. I said not God has given me. Paul is writing and saying, God has given us, you the reader and me the writer, the responsibility of reconciling people to him. Now, this is 
one responsibility that we have rubbished. But I'm here to tell you that the day you make it, you take up your responsibility. I said, the day you take up your responsibility, you will see God take up your challenges. And that's it's as simple as this is a very simple message. The day you take up your responsibilities that God has given you. You see, you can't see how by taking up this responsibility of reconciling people to him, your life would be sorted out. You can't see it. But you don't have to see it for God to be able to do it. Hallelujah. And has given us this task. How many of us can say that this task of reconciling people to him is our headache. I mean, it doesn't even feature in our entertainment programs. It's like if it's food, it doesn't come on the status, neither does it feature in the dessert. As for the main cause, forget about it. And you see, Satan has gotten us by taking us off the task that has been given to us. But I'm here to tell you that if you have faith to believe that you are a new person, have faith to take up the task that has been given to you. Yeah, it's a task. I said it's a task of reconciling others unto him. It's a task. I said it's a task. Look, the day you in particular makes this your headache, you will see God descending to do things in your life. You will, I promise you, you will not pray for many things about your life. It will just be sorted out. I'm here to tell you, do you have faith? I said, do you have faith? You see, unless you have faith, you will not take up something that you can't see its connection to the prosperity of your life and be occupied with it when your life has so many things to be done. But your faith would cause you to overcome Satan. God has chosen you. You are not saved by mistake. You are not born again by mistake. You are not sitting here by mistake. There were many of you who heard the gospel, but you, among the many, believed. There were many who started with you, but you, among the many, are still on it. Listen, it's time to be a man and a woman of faith. How do you tell me that preaching the gospel and telling people about Christ, people who you don't have control over, people who can work out anytime they want, how do you tell me that that can make my life better than be practicing as a doctor? You see, this gentleman, we were all in Lighthouse together. He finished uh, school of uh, uh, labor, labor, medical lab technician. You see, those who do the samples, he finished it. 1997, together in the same year, around the same month, we came to South Africa. He came to come and start medical school. I had finished four years of medical school. He has finished medical school and he's a specialist gynecologist. Now, I'm trying to explain something to you. That at the time that he was in medical school, I had a chance to also go forward. And that was my reason for coming. But when the Lord told me and showed me, take care of my things, look after my people. At that time, at that time, there was no decent people like you sitting here with your cars that are there. Thank you, you may say. Yeah. At that time, you can ask him. There were students. This is a, 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 a PhD Mathematics. When I knew him, he was a student. There was nothing glorious, there was nothing PhD about him. <laughs> you see, today, what you see is not what was given to me. 
But you see, my faith, my faith to believe that this thing is better, this thing is worth everything than you focusing and developing just on yourself. Your faith is what is on challenge here. Thank you. You see, today, when I look at my life and I compare it to a life of being a doctor, look, I, I will never choose the life of being a doctor. Now, I'll never. I'll never. But then, at that time, ash, it was gold. It was everything. I look crazy. But you see, your faith. You see, today, even the diversity of people in my life, the diversity of people in my life, that alone is too fulfilling. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't misbehave anywhere. I always have to behave. Probably the only place I can misbehave is in my bedroom. Because, you see, you don't see anybody you know, but a lot of people who knows you are watching you. Yeah. I go to the Eastern Cape in a village and an older man say, oh, I know you. So you know me from where? Oh, I used to come to your church in Sunnyside. I said, oh, here too. <laughs> now, I'm trying to explain something to you that unless you believe, you will not take up the task. Unless you believe, you will feel that the task is disturbing the progress of your life. But in fact, it is the task that God has given us that will bring progress of your life. And it will take your faith. I said it will take your faith. Listen, don't let Satan deceive you out of your blessing. Do not let Satan deceive you out of your blessing. The Bible tells us that God has chosen the foolish things of this world. The most foolish thing to do when you are a doctor is to be going around telling people that Jesus died for them. When you can be sitting in a consulting room and every patient you see, by the time they go out, you could easily have worked out about 5,000 rands out of their medical aid. Yes, because consultation, specialist, is about thousand something. When I do a sonar, it's another money. And I do pap smear, it's also another money. And those are basic things that I must do when I'm consulting. Because, I must, because this may be the last time I'm seeing you and the last chance to detect cancer, cervical cancer. So I must do pap smear regularly. So when I finish all those things, before you realize, out of your, your medical aid, 5,000 is gone. And if I have about 30 patients, I mean, that for a day, except, I mean, minus the scissors that I'll go and do, deliveries that I'll go and do, and all those things. I mean, listen, you're talking about good money. <laughs> I mean, instead of going to tell someone, Jesus loves you, uh, Claire of you, you pastors, Jesus loves you, nonsense. Yeah. I mean, even me now, when, you know, when you are entering my consulting room, you know, when you call my reception, they will give you an appointment six months. They say, I'm busy. Sometimes it will be one year before you can see me. Because I would have been one of the top doctors. So everybody will be coming to you. But here am I telling you that Christ died for you so that you don't have to die and go to hell. How can that make my life better? But I promise you, as I'm growing, I'm realizing, give me all the money and give me Jesus. I'll take Jesus. 
You see, because Jesus brings into my life a good use for the money. So I need to have Jesus rather than the money because the money is only of use in my life when I have good purposes to put it to. Therefore, it is Jesus I need, not the money. Because when I have Jesus, then I have so many good things to do that I can talk to him about bringing the money. It gladdens my heart when I go to places that I'm building church buildings. Not a house to sleep in, but a place for people to gather and to lift up the name of the Lord. I would never have done that if I was sitting in the consulting room. I'll be insulting the pastors. So these pastors are thieves. They are always, all they talk about is money. And they want to find out. They don't know how you sweat. Every time they come, they come up with building projects. They should stay in tents. That's what I'll be saying. <laughs> when, when David, a servant of God, was saying to God, how can I be in a sealed house when the ark of God dwell in tents? I want to build God a house. I'll be insulting God, forgetting that he is the one who gives me breath. And the day he wakes up and says, Thou fool, thy soul would I require of thee tonight. And we shall see whose own all those acquisitions shall be. Then you will see that God is God. But listen to me. All I'm saying to you, all I'm saying to you is that let's take up the task that God has ordained for our lives. Which is the task for those who belong to God. You see, if you don't belong to God, you better belong to him. Because you will see the advantage of belonging to him when you are about to step out of your body. You will see the advantage of belonging to him. And if you don't belong to Jesus, you better now, you have the chance to belong to him. But for those of us who belong to him, let us do what he bought us for. I said, let us do what he bought us for. The rivers of life will try to drown us. But by faith, we shall cross it. Amen. By faith, we shall obey God and we shall cross it. You see, in Joshua chapter 3, God said, Today, I will magnify you before the people. I will magnify you before the people. And he said, Let the priest that bear the ark stand in the water. And you are going to cross the river Jordan. Moses crossed the Red Sea. You will cross the Jordan. I will magnify you before the people by doing what is unthinkable. By how can standing in the water spread the water apart? But the Bible says, as they obeyed and they did, they saw a miracle that would never be. Moses did the same thing and he saw a miracle. The Egyptians tried to do it without a God and they were drowned. Listen, have faith in God. If you are in church, believe that whatever God says, give yourself to it. Give yourself to it. Everything would work together for your life. I promise you. You see, when things are working, sometimes you don't see it. It is only at the end that you see the beauty of everything. Sometimes when you are busy buying the building materials, you are buying this, you are buying it, everything looks so expensive and everything makes you so broke. But you see, it is when it has been put together that when you walk to the house, you feel that, yes, my money has done something. I have accomplished something in life. The same thing with your life. Now, you may not see the beauty of it, but when you are about to exit, you will see how beautiful a life God has given to you. I never saw the beauty of my life. Years ago, when I was a child and had nowhere to stay, my mother and five of us Stayed in a very small room, about four by four. That's the kitchen. That's, that's everything. Everything was there. Yeah. It didn't look good. But today, as I look back, I say, Lord, you have been so good to me. One day the Holy Spirit reminded me, do you realize that you are building a house, not because you need a house to stay in, but you are just building because you don't want to waste your money. <laughs> but once upon a time, 
I needed a house to stay in. But God, I can see that all things are working together for my good. And the beauty is coming out nicely. I said, the beauty is coming out nicely. Your life shall be beautiful. I said, by your faith, you will see the beauty of your life. God says you are a new person. Believe it. And take on the task that he has given you as a new person. The beauty of your life will come out. Everything will work together. For Romans 8, 28 says, all things work together. It said all things will work together. Everything will work together for your good. All things work together for the good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Let's rise to our feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let us have faith in God. I said, let us have faith in God. Your life will be nice. Your children will be looked after by angels. Not, not, not human beings. Angels will look after them. Angels will drive away demons from, your li- from their lives. Your car will be driven not by you, but by angels. You will stop, and you will never know why you stop. Because an angel was behind the wheel and delivered you from an accident that Satan wanted to take your life. I tell you. Oh, yes. Let's, 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 according to his purpose, it will work together. He has given us a task. For those who belong to him, he has given us a task. A task of getting others to belong to him. We must make it a point and a desire that Lord, this year, give me 10 people to belong to you through my life. Let it be your prayer topic. I said, let it be your prayer topic. Let it be your prayer topic. Don't let Satan deceive you. Don't let Satan deceive you. Some of you, you want to, it's like, you want to see every sin of your life stopped. It is actually doing what God wants you to do. That will dry up the sins of your life. Because the sins of your life are coming from your flesh, not from your spirit. Most of our sins are sins of the flesh. Not the spirit, but God is working with the spirit. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our website on royaltyhousesouthafrica.org.